to spiritual uh, healing and freedom or freedom and spiritual healing one doesn't come before the other as we will see this morning but before we do what a week we've had here in Melbourne this week. What a week. So I was at home about 9.15 on Wednesday morning, sitting at my desk on my laptop PC, preparing this message, and guess what? The earthquake hit, didn't it? So I'm sitting there and uh, everything was rumbling under my feet and things were shaking. And growing up in this region um, of Melbourne that I have grown up in, earth tremors were not uncommon. So I thought, okay, this is another earth tremor. But it went on for a little bit and things were starting to shake. And then I heard a few things starting to fall from shelves and it didn't stop. I was waiting for it to stop. So I thought, okay, I better go to somewhere safe. And you might've done the same thing as well. But you know what? Something in the natural uh, mirrors something in the spiritual. So I believe that God is actually shaking up our city and is shaking up our state. And I think we can be confident that God is moving. So let's join him as he moves and in what he is doing and let's be encouraged. So, of course, we are now surrounded by so many different perspectives about what freedom is and what freedom isn't. And uh, we will hear that in, in, our, in our nation and in our city. But I want to say this. The freedom and healing that Jesus brings is not dependent on anything that we see around us. Rather, it is about our response to Jesus in every circumstance that we face. And first of all, I feel that the Lord wants to encourage us this morning. As we are in a season, as we know, of a global pandemic, civil unrest and restraints upon our daily lives, and in which the very earth under our feet is trembling. I feel that the Lord wants to encourage us first of all this morning from Joshua 1.9 and this is what Joshua 1.9 says. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and that's his promise. And I feel like the Lord is wanting to speak to us and encourage us this morning to stand up on the inside, to remain steadfast in our faith in him and to recognize the times in which we are living because they are just as the Lord said they would be. So this morning as together we face many challenges, the Lord is reminding us that he is with us. And just as Joshua was preparing to take ground in the natural world, he was preparing to take the promised land, the Lord is with us as we take our ground in our spiritual freedom. And that's what he's doing right now. Now I'm sensing that some of our minds have just stepped into top gear and said, I don't want to go there or I'm not very comfortable with this. I'm not sure I understand it, but I want to encourage you right now and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to show you what he would ask you to see this morning, what he would reveal to you. So we can pray just as Paul did, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our hearts and the eyes of our understanding would be opened this morning, that we would have the wisdom and the revelation that comes from you. So to begin with spiritual healing, let's just start there for a moment. I want to say this, spiritual healing begins in the heart and it begins in the place of encountering Jesus and the love and acceptance of our heavenly father, our father God. Because we are no longer orphans, we have a father who loves us, accepts us and understands us. And that is our starting point. So I want you to keep that in mind as we move through this morning. And
This morning we're going to start to explore a couple of areas. And for those that like a roadmap, it's going to look something like this. It's going to talk about how Jesus came to heal your whole person and how the provision for spiritual freedom is included in salvation. And then we'll move forwards from there. First of all, Jesus came to heal your whole person. That's very important. Why? Because we have a spirit, a soul, which is our mind, will and emotions and a physical body and they are all connected as we will see throughout God's word. So we'll have a look at God's word and uh, have a look at what that shows us and what that reveals to us as we move forwards this morning. So Jesus shows us in the accounts of his healings how he works. So we'll look at two or three of these this morning because he shows us how we are connected and how he works. So in Matthew 8, 3, we see a single leper healed. And let's look at that for a moment. This is what Matthew 8, 3 said. When he has come down, when he came down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately, it was cleansed. So what happened in this case is Jesus actually physically touched the leper. Now, that would have been so significant if we can imagine ourselves being in the place of the leper. He would have known isolation and he would have known rejection in his sickness. And in that moment, he experienced the acceptance of Jesus. And no doubt the leper broke all the rules by coming to Jesus. And no doubt he had uh, stepped out and he had stepped out in courage and he'd stepped out in faith. Now, what we don't know is what his life was like before. We don't know how long he'd lived as a leper. We don't know anything about that. But this we know, he worshipped Jesus as he sought him out. The leper was cleansed and the word that is used here means to purge or to purify. And that would have been every single part of him, his body, his emotions. He was no longer a leper. He no longer needed to live as a leper and he no longer needed to be identified as a leper as Jesus touched his whole being. So I feel that the Lord wants to say to us this morning, I think this is a word for some people this morning, you are not who your sickness says you are. That is not your identity. Hold on to that thought. Then we move on. In Matthew 8, 14 to 15, we see Peter's mother-in-law healed. Now, this is a different account. This is what he said. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, he reached out, touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them, just like that, just like that. And again, this was a touch of a hand from Jesus. So there are times when a very sick person responds to touch. And we can imagine that Peter's mother-in-law, she had a fever. She may not have been aware of what was going on around her. If anyone's had a fever, you may know what that feels like. But Jesus was saying by touching her, I am here. And there are times I want to say to you that Jesus touches us and we can feel something happening around us. We can feel something happening at times in our own bodies. I have felt this 
and I know you have too. The question for us this morning is this, how do we respond to Jesus when he's present? How do we respond to him when he's in the room? How do we respond to him when we feel his touch? Let's move on. In Matthew 8, 16, we see people being set free and healed. So this is what it says. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all of those who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, which said, he himself took our infirmities. So when he took our infirmities, he took everything. And again in Matthew 8:28, we see Jesus casting out spirits of two men who were demon-possessed with a commanding word and bringing freedom. And again, Mark 15, 515 tells us it's an account of the same story, but Mark tells us that these two men were now in their right mind, back to normal, back to being themselves, just like that. So these accounts of healing show us that there can be a relationship between the physical, mental and emotional areas of healing and the spiritual aspects of healing because we are a whole being, as we said before. However, these are illustrations from the life of Jesus and there are many more. And we can see that Jesus heals differently each time. So we can't make a set of rules out of what we see Jesus doing. This we can see from the word and this is why Healing is not a formula. Healing is a person. Healing is a person and that's Jesus. Jesus is the healer and he's the one who brings freedom. We have seen many people come into mental and emotional healing and send spiritual healing after forgiving others as Jesus has forgiven us many times. And it's the work of Holy Spirit who helps us to recall those areas as he gently and sensitively guides us through. Sometimes he helps us remember things that the mind cannot recall, but we need to forgive. We've seen many people come into spiritual freedom after the light of the Holy Spirit shines on soul areas that have been held captive by other spiritual influences. And that can happen as well. And we've seen so many people healed in their own spiritual life, in their relationship with the Lord, through discovering the truth about who God is, his motives and his intentions, which can only be found in his word. We can see from the many accounts of Jesus healing in the word of God this. Jesus the healer knew what was needed for each person then and he knows what is needed for each person now, today. And this is why we depend upon Jesus alone for our healing. So let's have a quick look at the mind and emotions and some areas where healing might be needed. So Matthew 8.3, we'll come back again to the leper. Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing be cleansed and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now that leper would have suffered mentally and emotionally as well as physically. It might have taken him a while to process what had just happened. As we said before, we don't know what his life was before he had leprosy. We don't know what it was like while he had leprosy, except that he would have been an outcast. This much we do know. It may have taken him some time to process what had just happened and for his whole person to be fully healed. And sometimes that's true with us as well. It takes a little while to process it. 
But the point is, the healing of the leper started when he recognised Jesus and he worshipped him. His spiritual healing also came in that moment, in that act of worship of Jesus. So we could, we could perhaps say that his spiritual healing came first in the act of recognising Jesus and worshipping him, and then Jesus healed him physically. So we can see many different aspects of this. So for those who may have suffered great pain or chronic pain, and I know that there are people who do struggle with this, we know that there's a battle in our minds and emotions as well as in our bodies. The battle in our minds is to choose what to believe about our circumstances, what to believe about ourselves and what to believe about our situation. The Bible tells us that there is an adversary who wants to deceive us into believing his lies. He wants you to own sickness when it is not yours to own because Jesus has paid the price for it. And this is why we can say, I'm aware of the symptoms and I will do what is necessary to take care of myself, but I do not own this sickness. There is, this is a spiritual battle and our adversary is not kind. He has his own agenda and we need to be aware of him. And this is very important. Many years ago, I'll share a story. I was very ill with a stomach condition and I was very weak. If I walked very far, I felt very unwell and my world began to shrink as I became weaker. My mind began to shrink. My mind was constructing its own narrative saying, this is how far you're able to walk. This is how far you can go before you need to lie down. This is what you are no longer able to do. You are so weak now. But my spirit was strong and your spirit is strong and my spirit knew that God was there with me. You have a spirit that can hear the spirit of God and God always has another narrative and that is his truth. So the spirit of God spoke to me one morning and he said, get up out of your bed and walk to the end of the street. So I did and I discovered I could. The next day I did the same thing. But this time I went around the corner into the next street and I knew that I was free in that moment from the narrative that the enemy was trying to construct in my mind about my sickness. And of course, as I walked, I became stronger. So what was happening is my mind, my emotions and my body were all healed in the knowledge of the truth that I have a healer. The Spirit of God was showing me how my mind was in danger of becoming ensnared by my circumstances which were threatening to interfere with God's plans for my life. So the adversary wants us to accept his influence as our own thoughts, our own destiny. They're not yours because they're contrary to God. So a deception which can lead us into spiritual bondage begins in the mind. So we begin to accept things that are not truth and it can be a slow process. Your greatest weapon in your life is to be mindful of God. This means a mind full of God. With you to be mindful to keep your eyes on him in every part of your life. That's your greatest weapon against an adversary who wants to construct other narratives in your life. So we're not going to have that. So let's step back a couple of minutes now and we'll have a look at how your spiritual freedom is included in the provision for salvation. We've talked about salvation, we've talked about healing, being in the provision for salvation. Now we're going to talk very briefly about your spiritual freedom being included in the provision for salvation. 
Now, I have read that the word sozo is used in the Bible over a hundred times. I haven't checked that out for myself, but other people have. And sozo means saved, healed and delivered, which is set free. To be delivered means to be set free and it means freedom. So let's have a look again at an account of Jesus healing. So in Luke 8, 36, after Jesus had set a demon-possessed man free, Luke said this, they also who had seen it, it was that major miracle, told them by what means he had been demon-possessed, was healed. Sozo is the word that is used so often to represent saving, healing, deliverance. And that is the word that Luke used in 8.36 there. That is the word he used for healed. Now, I just need to say one thing at this point. For those who have accepted Jesus, we are not demon-possessed, but parts of our soul can be influenced by demonic spirits. So let's have a look. How could that be happening? Have you ever experienced seemingly random thoughts which cause you to doubt God or tell you that something terrible is about to happen to you or someone you love or tell you to take a decision that you're uneasy about or other thoughts that might trouble or entice you? That's the strategy of the enemy because what he wants to do is keep for himself as much of our old thought life as he can because this is the area that he can access, which is why we guard our minds. He wants you to keep living through your soul instead of through your spirit, your new person in Christ. It's our soul life that gives ground to the adversary. And I've heard this described as the fifth column in warfare. So for those who read up on warfare, here's what a fifth column means. A fifth column is any group of people who undermine a larger group from within, usually in favor of an enemy group or nation. So our soul can be that area where we're undermined, which is why we can be so mindful of God and so mindful of his word and make sure that doesn't happen. So how do we get out of this? How do we come free? from entanglements of the adversary? Well, the answer is Jesus, we've seen that. And I know many of you have found freedom simply by being in his presence. In his presence is wholeness. In his presence is peace. In his presence, freedom comes. And let's have a look at what else we learn from the word. Acts 10:38 tells us this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And so are we anointed to do the same, and God is with you. So to be oppressed means very simply to exercise dominion against. You can feel this pressure to come against or to oppose. The word that is used for healing in this paragraph here means to heal or to make whole. So we have this sense of wholeness coming. Sometimes that happens with a power encounter with Jesus. Sometimes it comes through a revelation of the truth. Sometimes it's a slower process. But we can do our part to strengthen our whole person in the face of such oppression so that we don't give away what we already have. So this requires an active involvement on our part to resist when the adversary comes knocking on our doors. So James tells us in 4.7, Therefore, submit to God, that's the first thing to do. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. To resist means exactly this. Refuse to entertain soul thoughts that invite you to step into the devil's plan. And this is why Paul encourages us to train our minds to take captive every thought and be aware of it. 
Does it come from God? If it doesn't, then I don't want it. So can I encourage you this morning to start building, if you haven't already, these three things into your life. So if you find yourself struggling in some of these areas, it could be sickness, it could be thoughts, whatever it is, can I encourage you, first of all, look past anything that is coming against you towards the joy of freedom. This is the place of hope. Look past it because there is that future, that is that hope in Jesus. So, you know, in the situation that I was describing to you earlier, my situation, my mind was starting to limit what I saw until the Holy Spirit intervened and he will intervene with you too. So look past it, see yourself healed, see yourself free, see yourself in the future that Jesus has won for you. Secondly, keep your focus on what is on the other side of any spiritual pressures, because the other side is Jesus. Thank God every day for your freedom as he has provided it. And there's just a third area that I'll just touch on this morning. And this is this, your spirit needs your attention. And next week, we will delve into this in a little bit more depth and we'll expand that. But remember this, when we come to Jesus, our unrenewed mind is at war with our new spirit. And we're learning to train our mind to tune into our new spirit. And we're learning to train our spirit. And we'll talk about that next week. I felt as I was preparing this, I felt the Lord say this, and this is a word for someone, and he said, tell them that they can be free. You are free in Christ. Your spirit is free because it is new in Christ. So in the name of Jesus, all entanglements of the mind are brought down right now by the power of the cross and every chain is broken as we declared in worship this morning. I'm going to pray something over you and uh, this is a, what's called a decree and a decree can be a stronger form of declaration look there's a bit of debate about what's a decree and what's a declaration so we won't get hung up on that but simply this is going to speak the truth of the word of God over you this morning and this is from a book by Elizabeth Nixon and this is a decree which is inspired by Psalm 7 and I'd love you to take a look at Psalm 7 during the week so here's the truth. The great thing about God is that I can trust him. His eternal plan protects me. His friendship vindicates me. His presence is my safe and calm retreat. I am liberated from all the nonsense of the world's priorities. He alone is my God. I pursue him for no reason other than to enjoy him. Now I'm going to read it as if you and I are going to continue on as if we're praying this together. Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, we give you the highest place in our heart. You are established as the ruler over our family's generations. You are set above. We ratify your promises. We agree with your promises over our household. The justice of the Lord wins every time. His justice is established over our lives. His rights and privileges Oh, sorry, the rights and privileges of the kingdom of heaven are ours. Deliverance, victory and prosperity are decreed for us. He has set them in place and established them. The time of breakthrough is now, right in this moment. So Jesus, we thank you that our eyes are on you. 
We thank you for an activation of our spirit this morning, that we would be awakened to what is around us, that we would be awakened by your presence in a new way this morning, Lord, that minds would be healed this morning, that spiritual healing in all of its forms would flow this morning. We thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Receive the truth that you are free. Thank you, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Just checking to see if we have anything from our intercessors to add. No, we don't. So, Lord, I'm going to close now. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have been speaking from the beginning to the end this morning. We thank you that you spoke through worship, Lord, that you have spoken, Lord, through taking communion together, Lord. You have spoken through your word. And, Lord, we keep our eyes on you. We resolve to keep our eyes on you, to look past whatever it is that's coming against us to you, Jesus, because you are saviour, you are healer, you are the one who sets us free. So thank you for being with us this morning and uh, we hope you have a great week and we look forward to seeing you next week when we will go a little bit deeper into how we grow in our spirit and in our spiritual life. Have a great week.